Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. All right, we're back. This is the Investor Coaching Show. I am Paul Winkler. She is Ann Swaski. And Swaski, bunch of degrees. Okay, that's it. That's all I'll say. <laughs> bunch of financial degrees. Okay, so you had something you pulled out that I thought was interesting. Beware of unrealistic projections in fixed indexed annuity models, according to Morningstar. Imagine that. <laughs> Beware of unrealistic projections. Are they actually going to crack down on this junk? Uh, that I've been railing against, but I don't the banks so. and financial <laughs> firms have been pushing like crazy. You going? I don't care. I sat in a bank one day, sat in a bank, setting up a savings account, and I hear these people being pitched an annuity a desk away, mm. and I'm just going, mm, Paul, don't see anything. It's not your place. You're in here, but you know, uh, but you. You hear me talk about this, and I hate it. And some people, you know, our our uh, attorneys, our compliance attorneys, are like, "Oh gosh, Paul's talking about annuities again." Well, I have to <laughs> because so many people are buying this garbage. I've, I've they got to. are. I just had a guy um, come to me who had been in a horrendous mutual fund and lost a lot mm -hmm. with that. So now he's scared and wants to buy one of these things. So, and I was looking at it, and this is exactly this rule or this discussion, I should say, it's not mm -hmm. a rule, uh, is exactly what it was. And uh, this Alex Padalka, um, he's, this article is talking about a study by Spencer Look, Associate Director of Morningstar Center for Retirement and Policy Studies. And he basically says in his new report that uh, these the way the insurance industry right now is illustrating a potential return scenarios when they're selling annuities mm -hmm. is extraordinarily misleading. Mm -hmm. And he said this model can have a mod, uh, can show unrealistically high returns if the illustration is generated at the tail end of a bull market. And that is typically when these products are developed. What yes. would have worked over the past five, 10 years. Yes. Right. So what they do is they will use um, historic res returns to project future results by illustrating these what these fixed income annuities would do in three scenarios. They have one assuming the index performs- Which the two worst ones you wouldn't see. <laughs> Right, right. Because <laughs> the, the person selling the product would never show you that. But yeah. anyway, well, let's keep going. So the one assumes the index performance in the most recent 10-year period. Another, the 10-year period during the prior two decades that resulted in the least growth. Mm -hmm. And the third, the high scenario. Which would probably be the same most recent period of time because it's actually <laughs> built. So it probably they could probably save paper. <laughs> That could be. That's true. But here's the here's the interesting thing about this, because I was looking at one of these. Mm -hmm. What's the index? That is the problem. Yes. You have lots of different indexes, the S&P yeah. 500, the NASDAQ, the Dow. You've got, you know, the 
Europe, Australia, Far East. You got Europe, Australia, Australia, Far East, small companies. You got the Nikkei. You got the, you know, good grief. Uh, the Russell, uh, the Russell 1000, Russell 2000, Russell 1000 value, Russell 2000 value. You got the, uh, you know, MSCI, uh, you know. But, but what I've know. noticed is none of those. Oh, they're coming up with their own little yes, indexes. Yes. So these ones I was just looking at oh, had that's this ripe for cherry index. picking. Yeah, exactly. So it looked to me like they had cherry picked and mm-hmm. made up this index. Mm-hmm. And I even asked uh, Dan, you know, he's our annuity guy here at Paul Winkler. I said, have not you- that he's not that he sells annuities no, here, but, but, he, he, but he, knows he knows them like the them. back of his hand. Exactly. Yes, thank you. Okay. At, right. And but I was like, do you know what this index is? And he goes, have never heard of it in my life. Right. And so I said to the client, I said, how would you even monitor this to see if if and what this is doing and whether what it should be doing because this isn't even really an index that so here so here's the problem with this if you're like going why are you getting so worked up over this this is how people are sold things that they really look back on and go oh gosh i can't believe i was sold that you know there was this whole thing in the late 90s the dogs of the dow Mm -hmm. and i had physicians who read a lot would walk in with books with the dogs of the Dow. And I'd go, what's that? And they would go, this is the dog's Dow book. And I would go, let me explain what that is. Uh, you know, they, they basically do data mining and they say what would have worked over this period of time. And then right. they come up with an investment mm-hmm. strategy. My, the one that I like the most is the one where they actually looked at what had the best, what was the best predictor of the S&P 500 return. And that was butter production in Bangladesh. <laughs> and, and, you know, okay. you can cherry pick data all day long. Right. And- and that's really what this was doing was it, it just had this this weird um, uh, index quote. And I'm using index generously. Trust me, because mm-hmm. I was like, I never heard of this in my life mm-hmm. and neither had Dan. And, and I mean, you just you Google it and it's like, what is this? So it's almost like they did cherry pick what did the best over the last 20 years so that they could show this phenomenally great performance that it might do. And that's what this guy is talking about in this report. Mm-hmm. He says... Well, it'd be like they do that with a brick. Yeah. You know, like, for example, you, you never even heard of the brick economy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, and mm-hmm. some people are still... I still haven't heard of it, Paul. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, Brazil, Russia, yeah. India, India, China. Mm-hmm. And what happened is you had a good run for some of these countries for a while. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they started coming out with mutual funds and indexes tracking the brick. Yep. You know, and that, and, you know, so hence what ended up happening is people started going, hey, I want to invest there too. Well, you're investing after the horse gets out of the barn is the problem right. when you do that. Go right. ahead. Yeah. No, that's absolutely. So, so the, the interesting thing is another problem they talk about is that they show these illustrations and assume that the annuities current cap and renewal rate and index rates are going to re- remain the same. And usually they're only guaranteed for maybe a year. Yes. So and, that's another misleading. And what Anne is saying in English right there is your return. Imagine that you had a company that you were investing in and they're tracking a particular index and they decide how much of the index return, the participation rate can you participate in? Uh, like mm-hmm. if it goes up 20% and you have a, 90% participation rate, you get 18%. Mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. If if they say, "Mm, we're going to change that participation rate to 50%, Mm -hmm. now you only get 10%. That's a pretty big difference. So they're only... They're, they're later on being able to change how much of the return you get to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, that seems a little bit arbitrary, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Or how much of it you get per month. If you have a cap, what she's talking about, let's say that the index goes up 8%. And, uh, you know, let's say that you get to participate in 2% of, the, of that. You know, so that's it. It goes up 8, you get 2 mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, they'll change that cap. You know, they may say at, start, at the start, well, you get to get uh, up to 4%. And you think to yourself, self, 4%, they're 12 months in a year, that's 48. Oh, that's fantastic. I, you know, I could get a 48% return, not knowing that markets go up a lot in one or two months in an entire year, and they don't do anything for the rest of the year. So, you know, when you get let's say that 4% or you know or whatever and then you know the market goes up 10 well you get four of it and then you miss out on the other six and then you and then then what happens is when it goes down they take away all of that return so if it goes down 4% you know went up went up 8 let's say you get four of it and then it goes down four they take away all of the four so you got four of the eight that they gave you so you only get partial, and then when they take it away, so what's your return? Zero. Even though your return should have been positive because you had an 8% return and a 4% return, you know, just to use a two-month example. It's just a really, really ratty way of doing things. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's misleading. And so anyway, this, this um, uh, article, uh, the gentleman is saying, I think the National Association of Insurance Commissioners should rethink indexed annuity illustration guidance because... It's too misleading for people. And frankly, it's very difficult for anybody to understand. Yeah. Even the agents. I don't think that they understand it a lot. Well, we used to have the ability, this is mind boggling to me, that when we were selling variable life insurance policies, Mm -hmm. we had the ability to actually cherry pick funds in the fund lineup inside of the the insurance policy Mm -hmm. and illustrate what would have happened had you owned this insurance product with that particular fund. So Mm -hmm. what would the agent do? They're going to choose the absolute highest returning fund. And so, Mr. Jones, look, I mean, look how much money you would have if you had. And the funny thing was, the fund just had this uncanny way of not repeating the performance in the future. <laughs> and and Gee, it did, I wonder why. Yeah, it's just like, you know, the fa- that little thing is this past performance, yeah. no guarantee of future. And then, you know, just ignore that. Yeah. You know, they ignore the guy behind the curtain. Thanks for tuning in to the Investor Coaching Podcast. Now, you may be one of these people that's listening and realizing, wow, investing, there's a lot more to it than meets the eye and financial planning tax laws constantly changing and recognizing that maybe you might need some help in this area, but you don't want just anybody to help you out. So we have 10 offices in the Middle Tennessee area, and everything we do is fee-only. We align our interests with your interests. So you can get an initial 15-minute phone call with any one of our offices just by going to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. That's it. Every one of the offices is run by somebody with 20-plus years experience. They're all degree planners. They all have academic backgrounds in investing, and you can get the help that you need. So if you want to set up a complimentary phone consultation, just go to paulwinkler.com forward slash call, and we look forward to seeing you soon. 
clients resisting financial advice. Right, uh, is, that, it, is that a long one? Is that a long one to talk about? Do you think do we no. got do we got a lot? No, that's okay. a, that's a short one. Right. I just thought you'd like it because you always like the psychological uh, stuff. I, I see. So. I see. Yeah, there's a you know, talking about the resistance of the, of the clients. For, you know, the illustration is that people come to financial planners for financial advice. Planners assume that when they give advice, that it would seem an obvious solution to a problem. The client will act. It will take it, act on it, and profusely thank the planner for their wisdom. That is magical thinking. That is so true. <laughs> it is so true. Oh, you know, <laughs> what, you know, it's like anything. You know, when you're doing counseling of any type, you're right, I do like this. I didn't even see this article because this is one of the ones when you send it to me and it wouldn't open. Oh, okay. Yeah, is what happens. So, yeah, what happens with people and you, you know, come up with something I'll tell you what, if you're trying to persuade and help guide somebody, let me let me give you a little secret right here. Because each one of you, every one of you is in sales. If you got kids, you're in sales. <laughs> and you know what happens when you're trying to persuade somebody, you often will say, What are you willing to do? What are some of the things? What are some of the ideas that you have? And what have you tried? What has worked? What hasn't worked? Uh, I, you know, I'm kind of curious what would happen if you tried this. You might say something like that mm -hmm. in counseling. You know, mm -hmm. I'm kind of curious what would happen if you, I wonder what would happen. And you say, I wonder what would happen if you tried this. And then, then what, ha what would happen is the person would run with that. You're not telling them to try mm -hmm. it. You're saying, I wonder what would happen as if you have no clue what would happen if you tried that, right? And what happens is people will run with that and then they will actually start to come up with a solution and give themselves credit for coming up with the solution, mm -hmm. even though the seed was planted by you. Mm -hmm. It's a really good thing to, to know because the reality of it is people are, they tend to be a little bit stubborn if they don't come up with a solution themselves. And I think that's a really interesting uh, premise for an article right here. They're saying a more skillful advisor with training in strategies like motivational interviewing. Oh, there you go. Motivational interviewing. There we are. Yeah. They need to stop back up and realize the client's not feeling heard. That is exactly right. Mm -hmm. And when you're talking to your kids, that's the same thing. You know, it's you're talking to your spouse. Mm -hmm. Your spouse wants to be heard. They don't necessarily want you to give them the answer mm -hmm. to the problem. You know, can I tell you guys? <laughs> guys are usually, well, it's not, not just guys. No, that's, uh, that's really sexist. Because <laughs> there's sometimes women that are, that are like going, bulldozing, you need to do this. You know what I mean? You're going to do this. Uh, but, you know, so often what happens, they just want to be heard. And, you know, the reality of it is, it's, um, it reminds me of that meme with the, with the lady that's got a, a nail uh, sticking in her forehead. And then the guy's going, you know, I know the, pro know the solution to your headache. I know the solution. <laughs> and she's like, no. Oh, just just shut up and listen to me. I don't want your <laughs> advice. And he's going, no, I know the solution. You got you got the nail sticking in your head. <laughs> but but so often, yeah, it's just like you know, we want to, somebody to just listen to what, what what's going on, and yeah, and you well, know, and, and we people inherently that. want to be right too. Oh yes. So so it's. Uh, our subconscious brain, according to this, we're wired to resist change. Mm -hmm. And Very true. we are wired to overestimate the value of the status quo and underestimate the value of change. I mean, I can think of just 
a certain people in my life that sure. really resist change a lot more than others. Yeah. And I want to go backwards. And yeah. As, and, you know, for certain. Right. And I don't I mean, know. The, the, the future's uncertain. Exactly. And, and that anxiety, which tries to fill in the blanks on what the future is going to provide, always comes up with the worst case scenario. So you right. think if I take this advice, mm-hmm. it's probably going to turn out bad because my anxiety, which is telling me what's likely to happen, is telling me this this could go wrong. Right. Right. So, so it's so you have to be, like you said, be very, very uh, good at helping the client come up with the solution on their own. Yeah. So they embrace it and do the change. So this whole segment was for you financial advisors out there that listen to the show. We got a lot of them. OK, so you're listening to the Investor Coaching Show and it's for you parents. I mean, for Christ's sakes and spouses. Anybody. Uh, yeah, anybody. Paul Winkler. And Sawaski, this is the Investor Coaching Show right here on Supertalk 99.7 WTN. PaulWinkler.com is the website. That's where you get all kinds of information, video, audio, the podcast, all that good stuff right there. PaulWinkler.com. This is the Investor Coaching Show. Hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. You want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, PaulWinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there, and if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more confident investors, and confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one. Advisory services offered through Paul Winkler, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. The opinions voiced and information provided in this material are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what investments are appropriate for you, please consult with a financial advisor. Paul Winkler, Inc. does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation.